Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Alright everybody, let's get the show started. Welcome to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Happy to be here on this Friday. Just a reminder that you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key. And we are brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar and Grill, Go Jump and Slide Inflatables, and Backwoods Barbecue. We've got a great show for you today. I got Gabe Reynolds on the show. We are going to recap the NBA draft that took place last night. But I'm going to talk about the Atlanta Braves taking three out of four against the San Francisco Giants and the return of Freddie Freeman tonight at Truett's Park. The College World Series final is set. Ole Miss and Oklahoma. Colorado takes on Tampa Bay in Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Finals tonight as they're trying to close out this series and win their first Stanley Cup for the first time since 2001. But mainly the big focus on the show is the NBA draft. It's Hot Sports Take Friday. I think that the Sacramento Kings blew it in the NBA draft, Keegan Murray. Jaden Ivey was right there for the taking. He's the best shooter in the draft. Go get the best shooter. It's a guard league. Now Jaden Ivey falls to the Detroit Pistons, and now you have a dangerous backcourt with Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey. Anyway, I'm going to have a great show next week because I got some local athletes here in the Fountain City that will be a guest on the show. I'm going to have point guard of the Georgia Vipers, Cortez Chaney. The Columbus Chattahoots are back in action at Historic Golden Park tonight against the Chakalaka Monsters. They take their 6-6 six and six record. They just came off of a 10-8 to eight victory over the Atlanta Blues on Wednesday night. It was oldies night. Wynn Johns is leading the club with two home runs and six runs batted in. And just a reminder that I'm going to have pitcher Brian Trepanier on the show next week. So you don't want to miss it. And good luck to the Columbus Chattahoots as they have a game tonight against Chakalaka. Then they have to travel up to Oxford on Saturday to take on the Chakalaka Monsters for a one-game series. Their next two home game stretch is going to be next weekend against the Brookhaven Bucks starting July the 1st and July the 2nd. But right now, the best team in the Sunbelt League is the Gainesville Gold Diggers. They have a 10-3 and record. Columbus played them tough. They played them up in Gainesville for a two-game series, and they lost both games by one run. With a 6-6 six and six record, Columbus can figure things out pretty quick. We do have some local events that's going on especially today we have the russell county football golf tournament at lakewood golf course in phoenix city tomorrow is the sixth annual sports visions isaiah Crowell football camp it's already full ages 8 to 12 will be at the shirley b winston football complex come on out and meet isaiah Crowell. it's free to the public there'll be some columbus lines to include jarmon fortson defensive coordinator damian daniels and then the Columbus Lions will hop on a plane and they will take on the Albany Empire as the battle for second place. And at the Georgia Vipers, they travel up to the Lookout City and they will take on the Chattanooga Spades on Saturday. The Lady Venom 
are back in action in Columbus as they will take on the Lady Warriors Sunday at 4. Come on out and see the Lady Venom here in the Fountain City. We have two talented professional basketball teams, part of the Pro Basketball Association and the Ladies Pro Basketball Association. And that's why I'm excited to have point guard Cortez Cheney on the show next week. So before I get Gabe Riddles on the show to talk about the NBA draft, just a little bit of a recap. I was shocked. The Orlando Magic take Paolo Boncaro with the number one overall pick. I thought they were going to take Jabari Smith Jr. He falls to the Houston Rockets, and I believe the Rockets got a steal in the NBA draft. There's not any superstars in this class, but there is an all-star that is probably going to come into this league right away and average 17 points, 9 rebounds a game, and that's Jabari Smith Jr. He falls to the Houston Rockets. Their future looks bright. This once proud franchise that went to eight straight playoff appearances, including two Western Conference Finals appearances, had two rebuilding seasons, can now rely on a future all-star in Jabari Smith Jr., and they also have Jalen Green. So two cornerstone pieces to get the Rockets back to the playoffs. I don't know if Paolo Boncaro is going to pan out for Orlando. He was a scorer at Duke. I think that because the Orlando Magic don't really have a whole lot of scoring options, that Boncaro is going to come into this league right away and average a double-double. I'm not 100% sure about Chet Holmgren. I think that Chet Holmgren is going to be a good defensive specialist. But when was the last time that an NBA player that came from Gonzaga turned out to be an elite player? Anyway, well, the Atlanta Braves, they have a big game tonight. The Atlanta Braves are the hottest team in baseball right now. 18-3 and in their last 21 games. After taking three out of four from the San Francisco Giants, they get ready to take on the Los Angeles Dodgers for a three-game series and the return of Freddie Freeman. It's going to be an emotional night tonight in Truett's Park, and I expect a standing ovation. I'm not saying they're going to give him a 20-minute tribute, but he's going to get a standing ovation. And this is a very big series because this is the rematch of the last two NLCSs, and the Dodgers are still one of the best teams in all of baseball. As far as the future of the Braves, I think it's time they pay Dansby Swanson. Don't let Dansby Swanson walk and test free agency. You learn that mistake letting Freddie Freeman go. Dansby Swanson is now the heart and soul of this team, the local kid from the metro Atlanta area, and he is having an incredible June. The College World Series final is set after Ole Miss defeats Arkansas. Can you say hotty toddy? Ole Miss taking on Oklahoma. Now there's two important storylines here. If Ole Miss wins the College World Series, the state of Mississippi will have won back-to-back College World Series titles. Mississippi State won last year, and then now Ole Miss. If Oklahoma wins, it will be the first time in NCAA history that the men's baseball team and the women's softball team both win their College World Series titles. That has never happened in the NCAA And that is really great for the school of Oklahoma. And, you know, we're, you know, yesterday was the 50th anniversary of Title IX. And I I really appreciate women's sports and, you know, having two daughters and 
allowing them to play women's sports. I think that 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 is just a historic landmark in our country. And, you know, just wanted to give time just to think about, you know, how far we have come from Title IX 50 years ago. Well, it is official. The number one recruit in the 2023 class, Arch Manning, has made his decision. And he is choosing to take his talents to the Texas Longhorns. This is a game changer. I don't think Texas is going to be a top five program right away. I think after Sark with his first season, first of all, I think that Sark is no longer on the hot seat. You get a quarterback like Arch Manning, Sark can recruit quarterbacks. He got Bryce Young to Alabama, and now he's got Arch Manning, who is going to be a game changer for the Texas Longhorns. I think Texas is going to have the best turnaround this season. Quinn Ewers is going to be their quarterback, and Sark can recruit. And we'll see how good Texas is when they have to take on Alabama this year. But that is a win for the program, and that type of move is something that can get the Texas Longhorns back on the map and, once again, a top-five program. And college football is better for it. When you have USC and Texas and Notre Dame and Ohio State, when you have programs that are not in the SEC winning and winning big, that is good for college football. I'm a Georgia fan. I got a lot of Alabama fans. We were happy that Georgia played Alabama in the national championship for the second time. And it's one of those moments that we can enjoy, but college football is better when it's a national brand. I mean, we love our college football in the South, but it's very important for the national brand that USC is good, that Texas is good, that Michigan is good. So congratulations to the Texas Longhorns for getting Arch Manning for the 2023 recruiting class. He is going to just be amazing. He, he's like one of the biggest prospects to come out in years. And plus, he comes from the Manning family. Uh, you already know that he's going to be a talented quarterback. All right, I think it's time to bring Gabe Reynolds on the show. Back with Gabe. Welcome back to the show. On the show today, I got Gabe Reynolds. We're going to talk a little NBA draft. Gabe, welcome to the show. Hey, Bridget. Glad to, have, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Always good to talk to you, especially about basketball. Get into this, this NBA draft recap. All right. I watched the draft from start to finish. I was shocked. I mean, the Orlando Magic take Paolo Bonchero with the overall number one pick. And then the Oklahoma City Thunder take probably the best defensive specialist, Chet Holmgren, out of Gonzaga. And in my opinion, I don't know how you feel about this game, the Rockets got a steal as Jabari Smith Jr. lands in their lap. In my opinion, we talked about this draft on on a previous show, that this is not a big superstar-heavy draft. This is a draft with good players. I think Jabari Smith Jr. is going to be the first all-star coming out of this draft. Hey, no, it's not – it wasn't a big big superstar draft, however – I think I do agree that you couldn't go wrong between number one and number three with uh, uh, Balchero going to uh, Orlando and with Smith going to Houston. I think it could have flip flopped and went either way uh, with no issue. However, based on potential, 
I get why Oklahoma City went with Chet Holmgren. However, based on the past and people that size and that thin, unless they're going to bulk him up and put weight and put muscle on him, I think he's gonna. I think Chet Holmgren is gonna be one of the biggest busts in in NBA draft history. He's not strong enough to hold up with the grind of the NBA. He's not strong enough. And, or quick enough or fast enough to guard really any any center, nor is he strong enough to guard any uh power forward in, in for that matter. They're gonna have that I, the the strength and conditioning department for uh Oklahoma City, they're gonna have their work cut out for him. They better have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches ready by the time he gets to camp. <laughs> yeah. Uh Gabe, <laughs> when was the last time that a player from Gonzaga became an elite superstar in the NBA. I remember in 2009, they drafted a player by the name of Adam Morrison with the third overall pick, the Charlotte Bobcats. Turned out to be one of the biggest busts. Oh, yeah. The jury is still out on Jalen Suggs. You know, he didn't really make that much of an impact with the Magic last year. I think Suggs has a little bit more upside, but, I mean, to be honest, the kids that get drafted from Gonzaga just historically – if you look at the way that that program is set up and structured, they run a system offense. So it's not like they're going to be superstar players when they go to Gonzaga. Even if you notice, they don't get a lot of true one and dones up there. That is a true system. So you're not getting somebody from Gonzaga that's going to be, one, an impact player, two, a game changer. You're getting somebody that's going to be able to fill a role. You know, in five years, when they come back and say, hey, let's do a redraft, the 2022 NBA draft, I, I really think that Oklahoma City is going to – they're going to kick themselves with this number two pick. If you look at the rest of that first-round draft for Oklahoma City, they actually came out pretty good because they got – that that they got for, you know, for Russell uh, Westbrook and KD and, and uh, Harden and all of that. So it, it might pan out for uh, Oklahoma City because of the simple fact that they just – they could have done better. They could have got uh, uh, Smith out of Auburn as the number two pick, and then that would have threw the entire uh, draft into chaos. But they they did well the rest of the first round with those two with their two other picks. Okay, I agree. And uh, let's talk about so basically the first three picks. Uh, the Houston Rockets got a steal with Jabari Smith going to number three. Now let's talk about the Sacramento Kings because they have not made the playoffs since 2006. They've had lottery pick after lottery pick. They had a little graphic on NBA TV as they were showing that they were one draft pick away from getting a superstar. So in 2012, they draft Thomas Robinson with the fifth overall pick and Portland gets Damian Lillard. And then they draft Jimmer Fredette in 2011 with the 10th overall pick. And the Warriors end up getting Clay Thompson with the 12th, with, with number 11. I think they blew it again, Gabe. Getting Keegan Murray instead of Jaden Ivey, I think that's going to come back to haunt them because Jaden Ivey is the best shooter coming out of this draft. And once again, the Detroit Pistons now has a dangerous backcourt with Kate Cunningham and Jaden Ivey. I agree. I, I think uh, I, I, nothing against Keegan. He's going to be a, a good player. He won't be a great player. I just think right now the Sacramento Kings just need to fire their entire scouting department. They don't have a good eye for talent. And if they did, they would have hit on a lot of 
a lot of uh, picks earlier. They're just wasting and recycling picks and players, and they don't pan out. Matter of fact, they can't even keep a coach there long enough to develop any of the players that they pick. The the, the whole front office, the, G, the 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 scouting department, all of them need to be need to be reevaluated and let go, and, and get some stability in there. Now, as far as uh, Detroit goes, Detroit's got some great pieces. They got a they got a great coach right now. They're they're young. They're 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 fast. They're they're fancy. It, if you look at them and what they're building, they're going to be the Memphis Grizzlies 2.0 with, with what they're doing with Kay Cunningham last year. You you got uh, Jaden Ivey coming in uh, this year, and then they traded and got Jalen Duran from uh, Charlotte, who played center for the University of Memphis. I mean, like they're going to have a, a a core of players that are younger. You know that are that are that are not even uh twenty three yet. The Eastern Conference is not that deep, top to bottom. Like so, they'll be able to get into the playoffs, and if they get into the playoffs, they can probably make a run. Oh, I agree. Uh, we'll just go quickly through the draft. Uh, number six, the Indiana Pacers getting Benedict Mathering, and then Portland gets Shaden Sharp. So two players from Canada. I'm guessing that Shaden Sharp is going to be Damian Lillard's running mate in the backcourt. I know that Portland lost C.J. McCollum to New Orleans, but I think, you know, Kentucky players turn out pretty good. I mean, you look at John Wall, you look at Brevin Knight or Brandon Knight. He had a pretty decent NBA career. Devin Booker. I mean, there's there's just a lot of Kentucky guards that have just had, have been amazing. And really, Ty Ty Washington, look out Memphis. I believe, yeah, Memphis got Ty Ty Washington later in the first round. He's going to be a productive player. He's going to see a lot of minutes this year. And then another another steal in the later rounds, Walker Kessler. He's going to see some minutes too. I think that Walker Kessler is going to make an impact. I think those, I think everybody that got drafted, and this is just me, everybody that gets drafted outside of the lottery, they actually come in and make a significant impact because they're not counted on to do a whole, to have to do a whole lot. And they can, they got time to build and develop those lottery players. You know, the, the first, the first five picks like Jaden Ivy, he, he got it lucky because he's not going to be counted on to do a whole lot because you got Kate Cunningham there. But yes. like Ty Washington going to, uh, going to the Grizzlies. Well, the Grizzlies lost the Anthony Melton and they're probably going to lose Tyus Jones in free agency. So that's a, quality backup right there and then if you think about it go back to uh um uh Devin uh Bain Devin Bain Devin Bain was a second round pick and basically had to get he had to get uh go in through the summer league to go through the G League but before he could stick with the Grizzlies. Oh there no Tata Washington I, is, is, is he's gonna be one of the steals of the draft but I don't think he's going to be the steal of the draft. I think the steal actually came uh, in the second round. Um, his name escapes me right now, but he got drafted like the third pick in the second round last night. And he was supposed to be a – he was projected to go in the first round. Are you talking about uh, Christian Coloco from Arizona or Max Christie that the Lakers got from Michigan State? I think it was Christie. Christie was projected to go – 
in the in the first mid mid to late first round, and he fell into the second round. He's gonna. I think, in my opinion, he's gonna be the steal. Well, I mean, the Lakers do have an eye for talent in the draft. They just can't keep them. I mean, you look at Kyle Kuzma. They drafted him late in the first round. I could see that scenario where Max Christie has a significant impact on the Lakers' bench because right now they don't have a bench. If they want to focus on the big three with Anthony Davis, LeBron, and Russell Westbrook, now there's talks that Kyrie wants to come to L.A. I'm I'm not 100% sure. I think that Max Christie, though, could make an impact just because of that Lakers organization and the way they're, they develop players pretty good. Uh, uh, yeah, they do. But it's it's also like they the Lakers are always in a win now mode. They never they never take the time to develop uh, the players and let them pan out. Like think about had they kept Kyle Kuzma. Think about had they kept Brandon Ingram. Think about had they kept a lot of those uh, a lot of those players that they shipped off in the LeBron when LeBron got there. The Lakers would not be struggling right now. They wouldn't have to go out and sign uh, Carmelo and Dwight and Russell Westbrook and all of them. You would have homegrown players right there on the bench that could give, that could come in there and and, and give you uh, some minutes and some points and, and, and production, and you're not having to have a superstar type team. Because Brandon Ingram has gone on and like just blown up since he's left LA. Kuzma has blown up since he's left LA. So, you know, it, it's always the the what could have been, but man, what could have been had had that had that happened. And then my the thing with Kyrie, okay, if Kyrie comes, who's gonna have the ball? Because now you got you, you now you have to get rid of Westbrook. Yes, you have to get rid of Westbrook, and it's been proven before. Just because you have a bunch of superstars on your team. Doesn't guarantee. I mean, I think at this point, Kyrie is just Kyrie's about to be on his on about to be on his fourth team in five years if he leaves Brooklyn. Safe to say that Kyrie is probably the problem. I agree, but you know, there's no stopping the Warriors. They're the odds-on favorites to win the NBA title next year, and it's because of their depth. Did you know that James Wiseman's going to come back? Jonathan Kuminga, Moses Moody, they were lottery picks last year. They didn't even play in the rotation as much as the core players get older. The Warriors do a great job developing players. There's talks that Andrew Wiggins wants to stay. They might re-sign Kayvon Looney, Gary Payton. It's just the sky is the limit. I think the Warriors are still the team to beat, even with a healthy Lakers team. And if the big three thinks that they could make it work, I, I highly doubt that. But I think that even though the Warriors got a lot of breaks and even though the Phoenix Suns are still pretty good and Denver's going to be better because they have Jamal Murray and uh, Michael Porter Jr. coming back, I still think the Warriors are the team to beat. I, I mean, until until you defeat the, until you defeat the uh, king at the top of the mountain, they're, they're definitely going to be the team to beat. And, I mean, you, you, you look at what they went through. They stayed packed. Uh, you know, when, when, when Clay was hurt, Steph was out, they had the worst record in the league. I, I give that ownership in the GM, I give them credit because at that particular time, even though Kerr was a, a two-time champion, they were the worst team in the league. They had faith that when that team got back healthy, they would be able to make a run again. And they didn't like they didn't make a knee-jerk reaction and get rid of their coach. 
They didn't make a knee-jerk reaction and trade uh, Clay Thompson. They didn't. They didn't go out and try to bet the farm and and, and go in the win. Now they let everybody heal up. They let those players go out there and play. They let those players develop during that time. And you know, say what it. You know, people say what they want to say. Like they didn't beat anybody when they were healthy. I mean, that's just that's just playoff basketball. You you just you you capitalize on the breaks. You know, I, I saw a, a post the other day that when uh, uh, you know the, the 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 Warriors when they won, Chris Paul wasn't healthy. Uh, John Morant wasn't healthy. Like they can't control what happens on the other team. They can only control what they can control. They just went out and played. They it's not their fault that John Morant got hurt for the Grizzlies and the Grizzlies couldn't close the deal. I mean, you're you're a professional basketball player. You're playing at the highest level. Everybody's trying to get there. So you mean to tell me literally one person made that much of a difference? They play team ball. If you look at their offense and you look at how they play, I think it'll be Boston and Golden State again next year because they literally are running the same system that Pop runs in San Antonio. Kerr just knew how to uh, how to run it a little bit better than uh, – Udoku. But okay. those, you know, they got to the finals. They got to see it. They got to taste it. They got that experience. There's nothing stopping Boston from running it back, and we see a rematch next year. That is a very good point you made, Gabe. All right, let's take it back to the NBA draft because locally here in Georgia, the Atlanta Hawks with the 16th overall pick get A.J. Griffin. He's a great shooter, and I think that he's going to have a pretty significant role. But you're a Memphis Grizzlies fan. What did you think of the Grizzlies getting Jake LaRavia from Wake Forest? Of course, the Minnesota got him but traded him to Memphis. Is he going to make an impact for the Grizzlies? I, I think with I think he can he can make an impact with the loss of the Anthony Melton. Uh, I don't think he's going to make a significant impact. He'll be he'll just add some depth uh, to the team. Uh, he'll go he'll go good with that second unit. I think um, Tata Washington is going to be uh, a better a better key um, with that with that second unit. And then you know they 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 went out and. Um, they got Kennedy Chandler, who's from Memphis, played at Tennessee one year, and now he's back with the Grizzlies on a two-way deal. I think if he has a good showing. All right, Gabe, I'm going to ask you this question, and just, just a very subjective answer. This is not just one overall pick. You got to take all the multiple picks. So if a team has multiple picks, you know, they had a pretty good draft. But which NBA team had the best draft last night? I would probably say Charlotte. Interesting. Yeah. I think Charlotte had the better – they had the better draft. And I think, you know, they picked up a lot of draft capital capital and cash, uh, especially with that seven pick trading it to Detroit uh, and what they got in return. Yeah, they got some future picks and uh, cash, and I think they got a player out of that, but – I mean, had they kept Jalen Duren and paired him with um, who they got later on in the draft, who who and played them with Ball and everybody else, I think I think Charlotte would have had a a better a, a much better and improved squad going into uh, next season. But 
you know, most people will say Oklahoma City had had a had a good draft. I really don't think so. I think that number two pick is going to come back and bite them. Yes, uh, because all of that is all of that, that number two pick was riding uh, a lot. A lot was riding on that pick, and they went. Basically, I see that pick like Memphis pick Hashim to beat back in the early 2000, the uh, late 2000s. Oh, like Gabe, you're, you're bringing back some terrible memories for Grizzlies fans. Right. It's, it's just really not going to pan out. Like, Hashim to beat to the Grizzlies, Greg Oden to the Trailblazers, like, it's, it's really not going to work. I really think uh, Oklahoma City fans are going to be kicking themselves in, in a few years when they look back at this draft. I think you said Charlotte, right? So my pick that the team that had the best draft was San Antonio because they, they got Jeremy Soshin at number nine. He went to Baylor, but he's an international player. And you know how San Antonio develops international players. As long as Greg Popovich is there, uh, they had Malachi Bronham, the shooting guard from Ohio State, and Blake Wesley, another shooting guard from Notre Dame. I think those two are going to pan out and they're going to have some significant play minutes. And, you know, just because, you know, San Antonio got three number one picks in the first round. Yeah, that's why I'm saying they had the best night, but they just know how to find talent later in drafts. If you look back, uh, part of their five championships, they were getting uh, Manu Ginobili in the later second round and Tony Parker, the last pick in the first round. Yeah, uh, you know what? I, I didn't think about that. Uh, and you know, they, they got a lot, they did pick up a lot of good pieces. Um, and they're, 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 they're not superstar dependent, but they do need, they do need those players, uh, to come in and make a significant impact right away. San Antonio is going to be, they're, they're, they're getting there. They're not where they want to be, but they're getting there. They're going, you're right. They're going to be scary going forward. They're going to be very scary. There are the latest trade rumors. I want to tell, I want to ask you what do you think about this proposed trade? So I'm shocked that the Atlanta Hawks still had John Collins after draft night. They, they, they did not trade him. But the, the Washington Wizards are thinking about doing a sign and trade for Bradley Beal to trade him to the Atlanta Hawks for John Collins, DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Herter, and two first round draft picks. Do you make that move if you're the Hawks GM? No. Oh, wow. I mean, Bradley Beal, I mean, he wants out of Washington. I think that he could be – you know, you don't need DeAndre Hunter now. Now that you got A.J. Griffin. I think A.J. Griffin could be the starting small forward for the Atlanta Hawks, and he's a shooter that can complement Trey Young. Let, I me think- Let me ask you this. So, Atlanta – is Atlanta going to receive – uh, multiple first round picks, or they're giving up. Oh, multiple. they are, they are giving up multiple first round picks for Bradley Beal. I wouldn't do it. I mean, and and here's my reason why. That would be career suicide, not only from Nate McMillan, but the GM and everybody else. Because what what honestly has Bradley Beal done that that would require a team to give up multiple first round picks? And three players. I absolutely agree. I also think that because Nate McMillan is a defensive-minded coach, that they wasted getting a max deal for John to live out to his potential. He's he's a 19 and 10 guy. And if they had an offensive-minded coach, he would a second scoring option right there with Trey Young. But they wasted his talent. 
And I think you're going to have a scenario where the Atlanta Hawks let Paul Millsap go to the Denver Nuggets, and he hasn't really panned out. He has, he's been a role player on the Denver Nuggets and now on the Brooklyn Nets. Mm, I wouldn't do it. That's just me. Well, I that's- just, I just, I just and, and, and I mean, not, I mean, I think that they could probably find because it because to me, how many years does Bradley Beal have left on his uh on his contract? If he goes there, it's gonna be no different than John Wall. He's gonna he's gonna probably try to he's trying to get a max deal. On top of that, he's trying to get um he wants to get paid, but he's not healthy. Yeah. Think about what Houston just did with John Wall. John Wall has only played 30 games in the last four years, breaking the bank with his contract. If they make that trade for Bradley Beal, Atlanta will have anybody to, to pay Trey Young, and you have nobody to go out and get any free agents. Yeah, you do make a good point. I mean, that's why I call Fridays my hot sports take Friday. I mean, I, I wouldn't make that trade either. It was a intriguing trade because I want to see another superstar paired up with Trey Young. I actually thought that trade proposal, John Collins for DeJounte Murray, I thought that was going to happen on draft night. I thought that they were going to trade John Collins to Portland for the number seven pick. You know, it's a it's a crazy league. Before I let you go, Gabe, do you watch the NBA Summer League in July? I do. I do. I do, too. I don't watch it. Yeah. I don't watch the Utah, the Utah League. I watch it when they get to uh, Vegas. I watch Vegas more than I watch Utah and Orlando. Uh, I really like I like the Vegas part, portion better. To me, uh, they just play a little bit harder when they go to Vegas because more eyes are on them. Okay, yeah. So, I- as opposed to when they're in uh, Utah and Orlando. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's something to do in the summer. You know, the month of July is really slow. I like watching NBA Summer League just to see all these new rookies and just see what type of impact they're going to have. I know it's not the regular season, but at least you can get a taste of what it's going to look like and uh, when they put up numbers in, against the B squad and C squad players. But I tell I you watch, what, Gabe. I, 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 oh, I, yeah, I watch the Summer League, but I'm kind of – I'm really big on the uh, TBT. Okay. Yeah, I'm really great. big on the- I'm really big on the TBT. The TBT, that the the the, the back, and everybody's out there playing for a million dollars to be right. Like it's just you don't have nobody's getting paid. They're just showing up, and the the prize is a million dollars at the end. So they're all just coming together like people that play college ball for their universities, uh, their their uh, local areas. Like there's a team out of West Tennessee that comp- comprised of. Uh, players that played at Freed Hardeman, Union, uh, Old Lambeth, uh, UT Martin, University of Memphis, and they just go out there and they just start playing the prize. What would you think about Arch Manning going to Texas? I mean, I'm proud of him. I, I actually I actually like that. He goes out and he, he, he basically blazes his own path. There's no pressure. He didn't go to Tennessee. He didn't where, where, his, where his Uncle Peyton was at, so that was going to be pressure. He didn't go to Ole Miss. Where his dad, his granddad, and his uh, other uncle uh, Eli went, so there's no pressure there. I, I I think he did good by just going going his own way and doing his own thing and blazing his own path. And then by the time he becomes a junior, guess what? Texas will be in the SEC, so he'll get the uh, carry on that lineage of playing in the SEC. You make a good point about Texas playing. Steve Sarkeesian, he can sure recruit quarterbacks. I mean, look what he did getting Bryce Young to Alabama and now Arch Manning. 
Well, and that and that was the thing. Like, you know, he is a good quarterback coach. That's one thing I can say about him. He's a great quarterback coach because you look at all the quarterbacks that he developed, helped develop, and look at Tua. Look at Hurt. So, you know, he had he had his hand in there and they all went they're all playing in the league right now. And then it helps that too that he was an OC for the Atlanta Falcons. And then go back and look at what he did with Matt Liner, the USC. Why not? Well, again, uh, thank you once again f- uh, for being a guest on the show. And I hope you have a great rest of your weekend. All right, man. You do the same. Thanks for having me. All right. That was Gabe Reynolds. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the show. Hope everybody has a great rest of your weekend. We'll talk to you Monday. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.